Welcome to AB and the complete truth. I am your mistress of ceremonies, Dirty Diana. Here are your hosts, Alan and Brian. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's AB and the complete truth. I am, we are your hosts. I am Brian. And I'm Alan. Glad to be here. That was a great crowd. Yeah, man. Be in front of a million people right now. Yeah, you know. With all the people in town for the Masters, I mean, you know, they're just everywhere. Some crazy things going on in town. So what's been going on with you, man? Uh, nothing much. want to welcome everybody to the show. This might be the first time you guys are hearing us, and this is a show all about production and the production life. And by that, we mean live entertainment. We need film. We need TV, etc. So I'm glad to have you guys listening, and uh, it's going to be a great run. Excellent. So just a little more background on what we're doing here. Um, this show has been in pilot mode for almost a year because we wanted to make sure that we could deliver a perfectly good sounding and good looking podcast to you guys. And we're going to teach you how to do it along the way and teach you about a whole lot more kind of things. And we'll have lots of good guests and uh, they'll teach you what they know about the business and share some anecdotal thoughts and fun things and just do what we do. So strap in for the ride because it's, it's going to be wild so alan i got to ask you a question okay something's been on my mind and then it slipped my mind and then now it's back on my just mind. the mindfulness that you can't remember correct yeah yeah i was just mind. i was just wondering if if you don't mind i mean okay i'd like to explain to me and the people your unhealthy love affair with bars of soap <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, backstory: uh, We were in Brian's studio up in Cartersville, Georgia. We're now in Lithia Springs, uh, my apartment, to do this very first one. So I buy in bulk, you know. So Amazon delivers me soap, and there, yeah, there's 12 bars. And Brian goes in there, and he sees like there's like 20 bars of soap over there. So I promise you, I'll be clean for every episode that we do. I'm not going to put the soap in my mouth, but. We'll, I will definitely be clean for every episode we do. It's not really a fascination. It's more like I'm an Amazon junkie. Well, there you go. That's, you know, that's how it goes. So, dude, I got to tell you, mm -hmm. since I've been traveling down here from Seaville, when I say Seaville, I mean Cartersville. For, for all of you that live there and you're hip, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody else, you know, just look it up. You won't find it. Never heard of it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I got to drive, like, five different ways to get here and i finally found a way where you don't have to replace your alignment every 20 feet <laughs> that road's called 285 okay um the roads here are just destroyed at one point we had the nicest roads in all of the of the country and now i mean it's like they're out there with a lego set and they're just making shit up you know like well let's make another 285 over 400 just for the hell of it and you know we'll be like spaghetti junction too <laughs> and it's like a bad sequel, like, you know, like Toy Story 2. See, I, terrible. Mean, I mean, I've been living here since 1994. And what you're saying now just seems like, I don't know, a little violin playing boo-hoo. Yeah. Because I grew up in Pittsburgh, bro. Yeah. We have potholes everywhere. You well, know what people do in Pittsburgh now when there's a pothole? They don't fix it. They just build a bridge over it. No, of course they do. You know, that's why it's called the city of bridges. Yeah. So I am not going to, like complain about anything in georgia like you're complaining says the man who takes lift everywhere yes i do so it ain't my car <laughs> so it ain't your car it ain't your bill <laughs> son of a gun yeah, that's how that goes <laughs> man did you see the airport last weekend i did not it was I... insane dude for spring break they had five million people there on one day and i was just thinking to myself 
I can only imagine Alan at that airport right now on an elevator. Oh, I'd still be complaining. <laughs> I, I, I had the luxury of doing a show in another city in Georgia, and we drove. So I had a different fear altogether. It wasn't having to go through the biggest airport in the world and deal with all those people. I had to deal with somebody who only goes 80 miles an hour. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a 30 miles an hour zone or a 65 <laughs> miles an hour zone. It is 80 all the way. There you and go. I just, I just held the oh shit handle the whole time. <laughs> so I don't know what's worse. Should I have flown or should I just have accepted my fate on that show that I did last week. I mean, all, obviously everything turned out okay because I'm still here. Right, yeah. But I was not happy. I bet not. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to bring this person's name up, but when he listens to this, he's going to be like, oh yeah, we need to have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for that one for sure. Oh man. All right, enough screwing around. Let's get on to our first guest. Our first guest is a very good friend of both Alan and me. We've known each other for God since early 90s, probably. 94 for me, at least. Yeah, for me, probably 95, 96. Uh, please welcome to the show, Big Bill Abner. Hey, y'all. How's it going? <laughs> All right. So what we did with our very first guest, since this is a show about production, we want to start at the ground up. And the very ground up for any production is you need a stage. You got to have something to put your show on. That's yep, right. Exactly. I mean, stage comes first, and Bill is obviously an expert in that in that scenario. Absolutely. So what we'd like to do, now before we get into the production part of it, we ask everybody, or our plan is to ask every guest that we have one question, our very first question, and the very first... I'm ready for it. Okay. okay. How did you come to be in this business? <laughs> Well, well, it's it's kind of a long story. Uh, the impetus for me getting into this business was I thought that it might open up some other doors for me to continue being a musician. <laughs> jackpot! <laughs> yes, jackpot. How how it happened is is a little different, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I figured, oh man, when because I was a guitar player, played in bands, uh, did you know, did the solo thing for years, and you know, re wrote songs and all that, but just. Where, where I was in Florida, I didn't wasn't really uh, exposed to any of the business, if you will, sure. on that side of it, let alone the production side of it. And uh, so when I had this opportunity, what really made me want to take the opportunity was, oh, wow, maybe I can meet some people that can help me get my music you know, listen to or play in a band or something like that. Right. So that was the real impetus for it. And apparently that's the same thing that you two guys oh, said, yeah. right? We have, the, we have this ongoing bet that we're going to ask people this same question every time. And we're like, I guarantee you 95% of the people are saying, because I was a musician. That's right. Yeah. We both said yeah. it. That's why yeah. we're here. Too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For me personally, for me personally, is once I realized that I was never going to be good enough to be a rock star, I was like, I got to be close to the music. So yeah. that's why I got into this business. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's funny. That's we didn't we didn't mean to laugh. At no, that. no, no, no. That's absolutely funny. You just have an ongoing behind. It is funny. For me, it was because I was a musician, not because I still wanted to be one. I needed to get away from all the musicians because I slept <laughs> with all their girlfriends, and I needed some place to go hide and still be able to get paid. Right. <laughs> okay, so with Bill's expertise. You know, doing stages. I remember working gigs with you, 90, 1994, 1994. Yeah, those type of stages were brutal. Oh, oh yeah, Bill. they were absolutely brutal. And 
the stages now are nice, clean, easy to use, not as much. Maybe you can go through the process of what it was like to build a stage in 1995. Yeah. So, so when I started in 1994, when I, when I, I should say when I got into the business, I had uh, be playing in bands and being around music all my life, I had been around all of this stuff. I frankly didn't realize people made a living doing it. When I found out people made a living doing it and I had the opportunity, I was like, wow, this is like fun. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's what we do yeah we got sucked but in. but my my first role was actually uh, 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 I could tell the story later but my first role was was being a staging guy and learning learning how to be a stage guy and and I kind of took to it and I enjoyed it but those were the days where we were bringing a tractor trailer from SSI full of four by eight wooden decks yep. and scaffold and and screw jacks and you know you spent the, the first the most part of the first day unloading that trailer you know <laughs> getting all the things off of it and, and and you know it would take a crew of 10 back then to build a stage like that where nowadays you know I, I I can almost some stages I can do by myself, but uh, nowadays it's four you know four people. Right. But it certainly has changed over the years, labor-wise. Wow. Uh, you know, I can remember days when we were doing doing shows in Piedmont Park for the symphony. You know, where we would even build it out of that Jacks like we, were, you know, we had mentioned, yeah. and uh, and then put a, a roof on top of it. <laughs> yeah. uh, with with SD twenty. Yeah, genie yeah, tower. exactly. With a genie rooftop uh, using that Duncan lighting rig of Rusty's. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's changed a lot. Nowadays, it's so much safer. It's a, it's a lot uh, less labor intensive. It's modular. Everything it's comes on modular. Now. Yeah, it's a lot of it. Does. Yeah, now, now yeah, there are still hand built stages out there, but for for what for my what I what I do is is erect and build these hydraulic stages made by Stageline, who's right. uh, pretty much the leader in the industry. They were the first ones to come out with the mobile stage years ago. And uh, as a matter of fact, I can remember one day back at SSI when they brought one over for us to look at and put it in the in the back you know, in the back parking lot back there. It was a, probably one of the small SL100 or something. But we were all just standing there like, wow, with our mouths open, just like, look at that. Yeah. You know, because and now it's a matter of hydraulics. You know, all you do is move a a, a lever and 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 it and it goes together. But, gotcha. So explain how that works because. What it is, is it's basically a tractor trailer, and what they're, the trailer part is a box that folds open, there's your stage, and the hydraulics are, are erected, and right. the roof comes up, and it's all compacted into yeah, one Yeah, I box, mean, if right? you saw it going down the road, you wouldn't know it was a stage. It just looks like a normal a, tractor, a normal tractor trailer, uh, trailer. Uh, and uh, when you get to the site, uh, first thing, of course, we, we set it set it where it goes make sure that the client's happy which way it's facing you know if it's a half inch off this way or whatever uh but the first thing we do you know is level it out and after that um all of the the floor well for, first the the roof kind of folds out like a butterfly if you would imagine sure. uh and and then and then the floor the floor folds out also so that's the point where you go around, you put all your supports underneath it, and once you get all of that done, then the production company can come in with their motors, hang their chains on the hooks, the you know have the riggers rig them wherever they want, wherever they want it. The stage will hold 26,000 pounds of weight if wow. it's distributed properly, uh, and uh, and then it's just a matter of again hydraulics, and it raises it up to the height that it goes, which is about 26 and a half feet, 
and we pin it off and it stays there and it may stay there a week it may stay there a day uh, uh, it's it's very wind resistant right but as far as uh, labor intensive after you know I can do that with four people in about three and a half hours wow if they're good if I have a really good crew which we'll talk about that later <laughs> it could take it, you know, it, it could be done a lot quicker uh, and and obviously the, the the production company getting off the stage, you know, makes makes uh, a, a bit of a, a difference also. But uh, you know, it's it's a it's a, usually a four hour in, it's a two and a half three and a half hour out for my portion, mm -hmm. and uh, which is you know in the old days from like those days in Piedmont Park, we would spend the whole day, the day before building the stage, building the roof getting it ready for production to come in the next day. And I mean, I literally mean all day. We would right. get there at eight and we wouldn't leave till six or seven, eight o'clock at night. Right. Just work later, steady, you know. Or later, and then you, had, later. And yeah. then you had to load out. So yeah. The show would get over <laughs> at 11. Production would be gone by maybe one. Right. And then we had a dis. Well, I say we. You had a dismember that dismember. You had a disassemble that stage, yeah, yeah. and it didn't go away in two hours either. No, it no, no, no. Six that hours was, to get yeah, it was. Thing, it was right? Sometimes we would even wait till the following day to take it go out back and do a whole a whole full out. But yeah, it's it's uh it's it's a great technology. Uh, they they explain in the class how it's five different technologies. It's a it's a truck. Yep. Uh, it's a stage, it's a house, you know, it's a hydraulic system, and uh, frankly, I can't remember what the fifth one is, but, you know, it, and as, as you're... I remember what the fifth one is. What is it? It's Canada's greatest gift to America. <laughs> well, that's, there you go. That's for those of you that are, don't know, or it's the first it time a, you're hearing about mobile stages, yeah, these are a Canadian, Canadian product. Company. Yeah. So, you know... And there's different sizes, right? There's oh yeah, they, yeah. They've got a bunch of different sizes. Um, starts off with an SL50, which is uh, 16 by 16 or something. Then it oh. goes to an SL75, which no one has ever seen. They right. say they exist, but no one's ever seen one. <laughs> uh, then the SL100 is like the, the workhorse of this line. Uh, you know, a lot of municipalities use them. It's it's uh, it's 24 by by. 16 and uh and it gets used as a front of house position yeah. you know uh all these little cities will have their you know wind down on wednesday little downtown things on them so they really get a lot of use right oh so, you know what I, I remember you did a video for us uh mm -hmm. we did like a, we have this segment that we post up on our facebook page it's called uh man on the gig yep. which we're going to change that we're going to change that to on the gig with because we don't want to exclude <laughs> our female friends that are out there. well you yeah. know but bill you did that video and it showed it showed what an sl that was an sl320 320, 320 uh -huh. and then the 100 was what they was used for front, front of yeah, house, was front of house a, right delayed yeah and you can see that video on our on our uh, webpage or podcast uh, also yeah that, but um yeah uh and and so the, the next line after that uh, well the next one they have a new one called a 340 which uh, is kind of a hybrid of the 320 and the 100 it's it's a little bigger I'm sorry, the 250 and the and the and the 320. It's a little bigger, but it's more steel, made of steel uh, instead of aluminum uh, uh, pieces. Gotcha. But then you go to the the 320, and then the 555 and the 750, and and uh, you know those are for the really big 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 shows. But you have to have a CDL driver to drive. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Every everything except the 100. From the 100 down, you can pull it in a you can pull it in a dually. 
Okay. Uh, but gotcha. from the 250 up, it's a semi. It's a semi, it's a semi. and and you know some of those bigger stages, the uh, the 555 and the seven. That, I think the 555 has seven tractors, trailers that that it carries to build. To build. It takes to build it. Because yeah. you have to have side wings, right? That's 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 why the different trucks. One may do the the core stage. Yeah. The next may do like the. Yeah. Side one stage. truck is like half of the main stage. The other is the other half of the main stage. The next truck uh, truck maybe truss. Uh, you know, uh, stage left stuff, stage right stuff. Gotcha. It's it's just uh, they've got it separated out so that it comes in, in in order and in packages, and you just continue building to it. Definitely not something you're going to fit in Piedmont Park. Mm, uh, yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah, yeah, you can put it in Piedmont Park, but not in front of Mercedes Benz. <laughs> Probably not. No, they've, they've done them out there too. It's That's not that big, thing. but it's yeah, they're they're. Right. Yeah. For those yeah. of you that might be in that neighborhood and you want to see these things up close and personal, please feel free to head to Coachella. Take a yeah. look. They're everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere, right? You will not remember it when you're done at Coachella, <laughs> but give it a shot. Well, I got to work. At, I, I mentioned Mercedes-Benz because Bill and I worked on the gig. I hadn't seen you in, what, five, years. ten years? Yeah. And we ran into each other. I'm, sure. I'm doing this job. I'm the lighting guy coming in, and there's a stage line there. And who do I see 100 feet away in a sea of, like, 50 stagehands? I was like... I know that guy. Of course. <laughs> so I took a beeline right over there. And what was funny about that is toward the end, when we're taking it down, you know who took that stage down toward the end? Who? Bill didn't trust anybody else was there. He goes, hey, Alan, will you get on those hydraulics for me? And I'll tell you. And he stood there and said, keep going down, left, yeah. right, whatever. But it took two of us to bring that roof down. That was you, it. Two you know what? That's funny because earlier I heard him say something. I didn't get a chance to chime in on it. But when we were talking about the big wooden decks with the scaffolding at SSI, yeah, he used a term rather loosely when he would say it would take a whole crew to unload that shit <laughs> what he meant was he'd walk in the shop and go brian alan patrick Gaffney, anybody that's not doing anything get out here we're yeah. slinging decks yeah. and those decks are not light they were not light they were not light I think they we were carried, miserable i think we carried i want to say i think i still have slivers I, I in see, me i think i want to say we things. carried a hundred decks on there yeah, yeah, uh, and and, and like hundred four by eight decks that probably weigh what a hundred pounds. Oh, easily, yeah. easily. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was I remember the day we got Bill Jacks, and, I do and too. he was all happy about it. <laughs> and then we started loading it, and I realized it's the same amount of weight. It's just more decks because <laughs> yeah. they're cut in half. <laughs> so for, yeah, I wasn't happy very long. Oh no, I know. <laughs> so for those who don't know, like Bill Jack, think of like a six inch by six inch plate right and then there's like what looks to be a threaded piece of rebar but like twice as thick as rebar and it goes up about three feet and then there's like a wing nut but the wing nut is you know eight inches long and you spin that wing nut up and down to get the stage to go to, like to, so you can level it right that's what we're talking about no no no, no. no that's not bill jacks bill jacks were the four by four squares with a metal frame around oh, them oh, okay and they had you know four square holes where you would put what looked like uh 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 stuff you uh unistrut unistrut yeah it was yeah it looked like unistrut yeah. And and you, then you uh, th there was a, an internal one of that, and you slide it up and down, put the pin in it to where to where your oh, level is. Oh, the pin What am but, I talking about? But I'm you had to do. Oh, I don't know. 
But you had to do them one at a time, you know, and you yeah. had to do one back at a time, and, you know, it, it eventually works out, but it, it was a long, process. a long process. And in the future, we'll be able to show you a hack for that where you can actually go to Home Depot because you forgot your legs because you got too high before you loaded the truck, and you can actually make them out of typical yeah, Home Depot items. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll show you how to do that. That's more advanced class, though. Yeah. Right. But if you really screw up your stage this weekend, give Bill a call because, you know, consulting fees are always mm-hmm. appreciated. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. We take them in the form of donations. <clears throat> and tips. <laughs> Not tips. Tips are taxable. But nowadays, you know, nowadays it's a lot different. Uh, you know, I, I show up on a, on a show site. I'm also driving the truck nowadays. Uh, so I, I have my C, Class A CDL. So uh, I drive up. I park it where, where they want it. I take my four or five hours or however many it takes to build it. Sometimes it's three. It depends, of course, on... Look what they're it. adding, you know, sometimes they'll add a bunch of decks around it, you know, just how, how the configuration is. But usually between three and five hours, I'm done, done, done. <laughs> and for the for the remainder of the festival or whatever the event is, I just sit around and point out fires to people and go, hey, guys, there's a fire over there. Y'all might want to put that out. <laughs> so do you, still, do you still, like, hang hammocks underneath the Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I got my hammock. In those yeah, good old absolutely, days. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now that there's no PM4000 case to lay in, right, you know, right, you have to uh, you have to make some make make do. Yeah, uh, yeah, hammocks. I got my old my chair. I carry my little fan. You know, I get up under there. It's my little world, right. you know, and I just stay there for two or three days. You know, it's funny going back to the old 4K lids. So, Digico seems to be the only company in the world that's going bigger with their consoles. So my new one that I pl- I play with all the time is the 338, and the case is about as big as a 4K, but I was thinking about this the other day, and I was talking to a guy about it at a music festival I was unloading. I was like, Digico could probably design a bed that blows up inside this case because that's the <laughs> level that they want everything to be at. I mean, that, fo- that, that uh, particular console has a hook on either side for you to hang your headphones. It's got a headphone jack on either side, depending upon if you're left-handed or right-handed. Mm. It's got a built-in iPhone charger or any uh, kind of phone charger. Yeah. yeah, USB thing. Yeah, and then it's got four USB ports. Wow. All This is all on the bolster of the console before you even get to the faders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All there for your convenience. Yeah, uh-huh. And, and, and I, well, it's I, about time, isn't it? Oh, I mean, God, yeah. 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 And Digico, I, I, I saw this last week on, on my show. Digico has these other consoles that have, like, these two red pegs that stick out. Yeah, yeah. And that's so you can put, like, an iPad. Yeah, yeah. Or they do it on all of them. laptop or Because most audio guys have some sort yeah. of input-output device so they can Absolutely. Play yeah. playback right. music or they have to edit something real quick. Absolutely. I think that's a good feature. Lighting needs to catch up. Yeah. I mean, what do we do? We come out with a console that has Space Invaders on it. Well, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> It's like, I'd rather have something useful. Like like Pac-Man, right? That's or what centipede. I hear. Saying. Centipede. I was thinking centipede. Centipede. Well, absolutely. I mean, the best thing about centipede is the mushrooms. You know? Right. If it were me and it was a lighting console, I'd put missile attack on it because it just makes sense. Honestly, I don't even know if those new consoles have the games, but the, the first run of Grand MA had that. Oh, yeah. You had a game. Yeah, yeah. Game absolutely. On, which was the coolest thing ever. Ever. And that's why audio or lighting guys got even lazier. Yeah. It's like, oh, you only built. You only built. <laughs> is that possible? <laughs> have you only, have you built like uh, 50 cues? No, I built like 10, but I've been playing Space Invaders all day on this. Bitch. You know, it's funny. There's a place. I had 95,000 points of Space yeah. Invaders <laughs> <laughs> on the console. 
I'll pay 50 grand for a console that has Space Invaders. <laughs> I'm not going to name any names, but there is a company that I work for in town, and they still have a Grand MA1. Okay. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes me and the shop guy will flip it just to play Space Invaders, yeah. and then we put it back. <laughs> because it's not going to get used yeah. for anything uh, else 40 anyway. 40 grand yeah. just to play Space Invaders? Yeah, but... Atari for, like, what, 100 bucks on eBay? Right. <laughs> it is kind of fun. But, you know, one thing that you had mentioned, Bill, uh, you said... You had to go to class to learn that stage line thing. Absolutely, yeah. That is something that is completely different in our industry. Because back when I started, yeah, I, I did some school. Mm -hmm. I, did, I learned how to be an audio engineer. Then I quickly became a lighting guy because I realized how much it sucked to be an audio guy. Best thing that ever happened to us, fellas. <laughs> but Thanks. that's a big deal in our industry right now because oh, yeah. every kid that's out there right now, oh, I've been going to school for like two years to learn this. And back then, we learned by just doing it and being, being yelled there at. And doing it, yeah. Being yelled at. And that's how I learned. That's that's how I learned. Uh, right. You know, I, I I didn't know anything about a stage top when I built my first one. I had seen it done twice. Right. And I have a pretty good mechanical inclination, and it came upon me to be the guy to do it, and I <laughs> I did it. You know. Right. Uh, I learned. I learned later how dangerous it was <laughs> and how stupid I was for not, you know, not really doing something that I understood about. Right. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, class is, is definitely <clears throat> so. Uh, I've been working around these stages as a production manager, sure. sound guy, and all those things for 15 or more years. Right. So I was real familiar with them to begin with. Uh, and then I got a call actually from my friend Tom Smith at Music Matters. They were about to buy one and they said, hey, we're going to buy one. Do you want to get certified? I went, absolutely, I'd love to do that. Right. And so um, so they they brought one down, they brought theirs down and we set it up in their, it was a seven day class mm -hmm. uh, and there were four or five of us in it. Uh, and you definitely have to, you have to have a certification technically to do it because if something happens, if Joe Blow, you know, that didn't, didn't have any insurance, you're, you know, that wasn't certified, then you know, you know how that kind of, that, sure. that all happens. So, yeah, they give you an actual card, you know, a laminated card to say you are a certified operator of the stage line SL320. Uh, and I've actually had to show that to people before. They've wanted to make sure I was, I was certified. Certified to use it. Uh, and, of course, as you go up in, in level with those, you need more and more certifications. Like, for example, uh, when you go into the 575 series, They'll only, I mean, you, you train like on a sound wing. Oh. So you're you a sound wing guy. Sound you only do the sound wing. Until you pass yeah. the class. Yeah, then you go to the, you know, then you're the, I don't know, the rigging guy. Now you're the, the wind wall guy. You know, until you get all these certifications you, you know, where you can work anywhere on that stage. Gotcha. Uh, and, and, and if you go down from the SL320, uh, the 250, the 100, those sorts, Technically, I think you're supposed to have a certification, but they just don't do a lot of them. Right. And I know, I know for example, I know for sure a friend of mine that owns a bunch of them here in town is doing a training session next week uh, on the 250 and the 100. And what does he charge for those training sessions? I don't know that. That'd be I, something we could talk about. I don't know. Yeah. Because I, mean, I mean, I'm never going to do it, but I always like to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I'm constantly wanting to. That way, I yeah, know it, if somebody else is doing one, I know what they're doing wrong. Like, right. Hey, stop yeah. the boat. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, and I, I agree with this. I mean, uh, but it's definitely it, it helps. It helped me, uh, even though, like I said, I've been working around them for 15 or more years. Right. I learned things in that class that I didn't really know. 
you know, that I thought I might have known, but I didn't know until they showed me why and how. And right. and then, yeah, I, I think one of the reasons that it's that you require certification, I mean, is people's lives are at stake here. I mean, Absolutely. you know, as a lighting guy, eh, your trust might fall, but <laughs> you know, as a stage guy, uh, your stage might fall, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, you know, a sound guy, you may drop a PA or something. But yeah, well, it, it, usually it all happens together. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having lived through it a couple times. <laughs> yeah. I just found offline, I just found out of that about you. But oh, yeah? Talk about later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually, people, I mean, one of the things about staging, especially, I, I, you know, Bill mentioned it earlier, a lot of people learn it the hard way, and they don't realize how dangerous it is. And when you're not qualified and you're not certified in it, over the years, in my experience, safety became a huge issue for me, especially as PA systems got bigger and got heavier, and I started to learn more about rigging and just in general in the business. You start to shift more from getting the job done fast to getting the job done right, mm -hmm. because a stage is not a joke. It can, it mm -hmm. can take someone's life. I've seen it happen, and it's a stark reminder that this business, as fun as it is, and as much as we get away with on our own time and sometimes on other people's time, when it comes time to do the job, you have to have laser-like focus, complete dedication in order to get the satisfaction that you deserve mm -hmm. from doing your job. Yeah. And being and, safe is paramount yeah. above all things. And, 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 and that, my friend, is a complete truth. That is a complete truth. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> So, uh, you know, and uh, I, I don't want to bring up a, a, a touchy subject. No, no, it's fine. Any, any, but, anything goes. But uh, before that accident in Indiana, we were all like cowboys out there in the Wild West. Just, we just went and did our, just, yeah. you know, whatever. That event changed everybody's focus, I think. Yes, it did. I mean, you know, the the, uh, the, the safety council started. I mean, there's just it just really... For once in, in the career that I remember, everybody was like, oh, shit, we need to, we need to take this more seriously. Yeah. We need to, you know, it really brought it to everybody's attention. Yeah, well, if you recall, I guess maybe I got obsessed with it after it happened the first time when I was up in Canada. So I started paying a lot of attention to it. And there was this one summer where the, there was a big stage collapse in Atlantic City. Christina Aguilera's mm -hmm, rig took mm -hmm. down the roof, yep. the whole yep. ceiling. Boardwalk Hall. Boardwalk Hall. Yeah. And then there was a, a terrible accident in Europe with Madonna, and they dropped the rig, and a bunch of people got hurt on that one. And then there was another one in Germany, and it just seemed like, like after that whole string of events, for the first time in my career, it seemed like the entire world started taking staging more seriously. Yeah. I mean, hell, I've done shows in Japan where they built a stage out of bamboo <laughs> yeah. and hung the lights off of it. You know? that's, that's why I brought yeah. up you yeah. know, the certification process. And, and the yeah, it's a big we, deal. When we all started, there was nothing like that. No, no. I mean, now it's all changed. Yeah. It has yeah. To. Like even something as simple as getting a forklift certification. Right. I mean, who would have thought to do that, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I remember I mean, shop manager asking me, work it hey, man, do you know how to drive? Yeah, I know how to drive. All right, go grab that tractor trailer and back it in. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm 22 years old. Right? And we did anything because it was like, if I don't do if it. I don't do it. I don't yeah. got a gig. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have this gig. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's amazing how we, yeah, we, and, and I don't feel like it was being scared for our job. No. It was, it was more a, a dry drive. Like, yeah. I've got this opportunity and I got to do good at it so I can continue doing good, you know, uh, getting good opportunities. Right. You know? 
Not necessarily if I fuck up, I'm gonna fail. I don't really ever feel <laughs> that way about it. I always feel like, how can I, how can I do my best job so that it looks good for my next job? Right. You know, so that the, because you're only, we all know, you're only as good as your last show. You know. Oh yeah, and <laughs> yeah. And you know what I. I don't have a forklift certification. I've been in a forklift oh, about maybe a half a dozen times. Oh, yeah. Long time ago, and I realized, not for me. Yeah. Not so much. So when people say, can you get in a fork, I just tell them, no. No, yeah. And and there's nothing you, wrong with that either. And now it's like, you can't get in anyway because you ain't got a certification. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, great. That's why I don't get like, yeah. that's why I don't get like, um, oh, what do you call it where you have to go in um, and get your little certification so you can drive trucks for people? Not like a CDL license, but you have to keep up with your medical card. Oh, yeah, your medical card. Yeah. I refuse yeah. to do that too because yeah. I'm not driving for anybody. Yeah, there you go. After driving 24 foot trucks all over this country yeah. at 25 years old, you know, 20 hours in a truck and then go in and do a loading. I'm not doing that no more. <laughs> I know. But yeah, things are things are definitely a lot different. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I and I do think that 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 particular incident, yeah, just really woke people up to go, hey, we got to start paying more attention here because, yeah. you know, we were all out there, you know, rowdy cowboys just go, oh, just make it work, just make it work, right? Yeah. Just make it work was the was the mantra, you know, when I was coming up, you know, sure. make it happen, you know, make it happen, make right. it happen, make right. it happen. Figure out a way to make it and, work. And now it's make it happen, but you got to do it safely, you know. <laughs> Under these guidelines. Yeah. Right. Kind of, it's definitely a comfort zone for me because I know that nobody's going to ask me to do something dumb. Please don't ask me. <laughs> yeah. And they don't. And they don't yeah. anymore. But back in the day, you know how many trusses I climbed without a harness, uh -huh. focusing 120K rigs, just, sure. just myself? I mean, there were two rules to rigging back then. First rule, don't look down. Second rule, don't look down. That was it. And you went up and you did it. Now it's like, oh, you can't uh, go up there unless you're like harness certified, yeah, like yeah. perfect. I'll stay right yeah. here. I'll point. You guys go up and focus. There you go. So, yeah. It's definitely a big change because we've all known each other since the early 90s. Yeah. We've had a long career together. Sure. Things are definitely way different now oh, than yeah. it was back then. Absolutely. Well, and, and we can make these kind of there's stories that we can even talk about about those changes right uh you know things we used to do back then that was cool that aren't cool now <laughs> you yeah, know what i mean and, yeah, sure. and how that kind of changed all of a sudden right but. all right guys so i say it's time give the listeners a little bit of a break and we're going to play a game okay it's a game that i've been working on for years by years i mean 10 seconds okay i'm not prepared for this it's called the staging game uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here's how the game's going to work. We're each going to ask the group a question about staging. Okay. Bill's going to say if the answer is correct or not, even to his own question. So he's got a definite <laughs> advantage here. And we get to demonstrate how little we know about staging. <laughs> so if you get it right, you're going to get this. And if you get it wrong, you know what's coming. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> One K tone. One K tone. All right, here we go. I'm going to ask the first question. Okay. It's a five point question. I'm keeping score. Bill already has 10 points. Okay. <laughs> so we got to catch up. So we got to get this right. So, <laughs> okay. What's the most important thing for a stage to be? Black. <laughs> Bill, you want to take this one? Safe. Oh, okay. Level was also an acceptable answer. Uh, yeah, level. Is. All right, your your question. Uh, uh, hmm. Let's see. 
uh, I'll, all right, since you're an audio guy, I'll ask you this. All right. What's the downstage PA point weight limit? Jeopardy music plays. Lowly. Da, 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 da. <laughs> um, depends on what you're using, doesn't it? Well, you that that's a, on an SL320. We'll on an SL320. Sorry. Oh, I should have specified that. Yeah, I mean, God, I would have told you that's 26 kilograms. <laughs> Remember, it's Canadian stage. <laughs> that's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> Canadian wise and American. <laughs> <laughs> the actual answer is 2,000 pounds. 2,000 pounds. However, there are some situations depending on what's else, what else is flown on the stage, where that can be up to 4,000 pounds. Yeah. But as a general rule, we say 2,000 pounds. Right. If somebody wants to exceed that, we will look at the rest of the, the rigging plot and see if the... Sure. Uh, that's another thing, you know, we demand a rigging plot before before any any motors hooked on sure, that. Sure, sure. Uh, just like any venue, yeah, yeah. even though it's a portable yeah. venue, it, it's like any venue. Yeah, it's just like any venue. Yeah, and and, and maybe even more important because, you know, you're not in a structure like a building that can handle a lot. I mean, this thing is designed to hold certain weights at certain points. Right. Not just you know, it's not you can just six twenty six thousand pounds up there, but you got to put it up there in the right spots, in the right spots, yeah. evenly dispersed yeah. or something. So that's why that's why we demand a. Uh, a, a, a stage plot, and and nowadays with the advent of video walls, which are heavier than which are everything. Heavy. Yeah, I mean they've actually you know they've come down o over the years in weight, but still now now because they're smaller, that people want to make them bigger. Yeah, you know, uh, and and that's always a, a good uh, it's always a conversation I have to have with them on the load end because they want to put it here, and I'm like you can't put it there because well what if we add another center motor? You can't add a center motor because everybody knows that when you add a center motor, it takes 66% of the weight, and you're over on that spot. Right. Yeah. So we, that's a that's another conversation that is always had when video walls show up. I'm like, here's where you can do it. Yeah. yeah. Only. Only. Yeah. All right, Alan, your question. All right, mine's more of a true and false. So true or false. The more weight you put on the stage, it really doesn't matter how much weight you put on the stage. You just got to add more legs. True. It just holds it down better. <laughs> no, that's false. That's false. Yeah. Every stage has a has a has a amount that you can put on it, and that's it. Some stages well, you can't drive yeah. a car on it. Some stages right. you can't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, this this stage is a hundred pounds per square foot. Right. Yeah. And that's pretty standard on that, the stage line stages, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But of course, I, I'm not going to drive a truck, a car up on it. <laughs> if we, you know, if, if we did, uh, it would always bolster it with more plywood on top to spread it out even more. Gotcha. Because there's only you're talking about legs. There's only a certain number of legs underneath it. Um, they do. There is a spot in the book where it says if you think you're going to be overweight and uh, that you can add some legs in there in certain spots. But as a general rule, that it, doesn't happen. That's it, an, that's an exception to the rule. Gosh, it's not common um, practice. Yeah, it's not common practice. I uh, I did a show recently where it was an LED wall, but on the floor. Mm -hmm. You know, so you drove. They drove a car up onto this LED floor. Oh wow! It was like a car show type of thing. It yeah. wasn't really a car show, but they were modeling a couple cars at this show. Um, I did like a Kubota thing, mm -hmm. right? And they drove a tractor 
<laughs> on this LED floor. <laughs> and the LED floor can hold the weight. Wow. And it was kind of cool. It was pretty cool. How thick was, was cool. the glass? Uh, I bet you each panel was at least two or three inches. Oh, really? And then like a dance floor, you know how they put like little ramps uh -huh, around uh -huh. the, the edges? They had to go and put those around as well. But it was it was thick. Wow. It was thick. It was pretty cool, though. That's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. All right, so my last studio, my last staging question is, what is the biggest enemy of any stage after it's set up and fully loaded? Wind. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Quick, care to elaborate? I would have said. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you can imagine, if you can imagine a sailboat. Yeah. You know, it has these sails, and the sails is what propels it through the water. Well, when you get a stage up in the air, especially if you have the wind walls on the back, right. it's it just becomes a big a sail. big sail. And now they're engineered pretty darn well. They're engineered to where at seventy mile an hour winds, it, it will it will withstand a seventy mile an hour wind with the wind walls down. Still, gotcha. uh, the process that you get to seventy miles an hour wind, that thing's already disconnected. So it's not really a, a that's not really a good point because it'll never be that way unless you just happen to not be there and it starts storming, you know. Right. Uh, with the wind walls, one walls up, it says 95 miles an hour. So with the wind, wall, wind walls off or, or flowing, you uh, can take a steady, that's not a gust, that's a steady uh, 95 mile an hour wind. But that's the biggest uh, uh, danger uh, on a stage, and we all kind of know that. You know, like at the end of the night, uh, in, you know, end of the night, if we're having, if we're working the next day, we always make them bring the PA down, sit on on the deck, you know, suck the lighting up all the way so it's not swinging back and forth, and set your video wall on the ground. You know, all of that is just for wind protection. Yeah, you know? yeah. I got hit one time out in Montana on a 320 on a very unlevel site. So there was a lot of wood blocks involved underneath the mm. legs. And we got hit with a straight down microburst, 85 miles per hour. And it pushed us about two feet. Wow. Because it fell off of its wood pads. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it kind of just dragged itself. Luckily, it wasn't a huge, you know, incline, but it was, it was enough that the whole unit moved as, wow. a, as a unit, two feet. I've never seen that happen. That was crazy. That was crazy. When I when I looked up at my PA, it was hanging like this, and the stage was at that angle. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was crazy. And the worst part is in Montana, even with all those mountains, you can see a storm coming. Oh yeah, from 150 miles away, but you have no idea it's going to land right on top of you. Right. You know. But so I mean that that's a testament to how strong that those mm -hmm. stages really are. Yeah, they are. You know, I've never personally heard of any of stage lines product failing just just flat failing no i haven't either uh any i'm sure i'm i, I don't want i don't even want to say i'm sure there have been because i just don't know of any uh most problems with a with a mobile stage are operator error um you know you I, and i've had my share i i ran up one of those round poles and threw a deck one time because i wasn't paying attention but you know most of it is is as operator error, you know, you're not paying attention or you forget a step or, you know, stage hands are, you know, how it is and you forget something or, you know, Joe's talking out there and, you know, you just forget a step or you do something wrong. That's really the, the, the bulk of how those, uh, how any, any stage accidents or problems are. Right. Uh, again, I've, 
there may be some some incidents of them failing, but I've I've never heard of one. Not that not that isn't caused by like weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not that the, the stage just failed. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I, you know, and I can say the same thing about CM Motors. You know, CM Motors has never had a motor fail. I did not know. They that. have never had a motor fail. I've heard that before. So I got a story. Can I tell a story here? Heck yeah. All right. So this is going to be a Bill and I story because sure. we were there. And this is a this is one of my funniest Bill stories ever. <laughs> so <laughs> this is, I don't know, 1994, 1995. Uh, we're doing the Scorpions at Masquerade <laughs> Music Park. And they, oh, have, yeah. they have this big cement slab down there because it's outdoor, right, yeah. outdoor park, right? And we have a 120K genie lift tower up. So we got four genie lifts, one on each corner, lifting 120K rig, 60K up, 60K down with a skin on top. And by a skin on top, I mean there's like a roof. You know, it's a, sure. it's a canvas. A tarp, if you It's will. a canvas yeah. tarp yeah. type roof, yeah. but way thicker than a normal tarp. Yeah. So it's raining. And when it rains, the roof will start sagging because it's only tied on with tie line yeah. and whatever. So <laughs> this is so funny. The middle of the show, the Scorpions have been on for maybe 20 minutes. And Bill says to the production manager or whoever was, whoever was stage right near monitor, and we were starting to get a sag downstage where you could tell a lot of water. And when you see a sag, that's not a couple gallons of water. Right. That's like 50, that's 60 gallons, gallons, 100 of gallons of water. And you risk the weight of the roof because that's water weighs a lot of weighs a yes. lot mm -hmm. so bill tells him i've got to go out there and he's got this 15 foot aluminum pipe with a t-bar on top i've got to go out there and i've got to get rid of this water right and the guy's like you can't go out there right now the band's playing and bill's like i'm going out there before this roof falls over <laughs> so there's little klaus main from the scorpions who's what like five foot four or whatever and we don't call him big bill for nothing you're like right. uh, you had like a whole foot or two on this guy <laughs> or whatever and he bill goes out there in his shorts or whatever and all these kids that were raining the first two rows of the audience were like pushed up as close as they could possibly get to the stage so they wouldn't get wet Bill goes out there and he takes this T-bar and with all of his might lifting all this water, pushes the roof up and all these kids in the first two row, it was like a Duran Duran video. This water, this wall of water comes down and splashes all over these kids. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. These kids are all like tucked underneath, they're trying not to get wet and he dumps a hundred gallons of water on And, and he, the band kept playing. And the band kept playing. And, nice. and the guy I was like, Bill, you can't go out there anymore. And Bill's like, if it fills up again, I'm, I'm going, going back, back out. out yeah. I think I did go out one more time. I think, you did. I think you did, too. I have a funny one it's, that's completely related to that. It was when the Major League Baseball game, uh, they did the All-Star game at Turner Field. And I did Sugar Ray. Remember those guys? Oh, yep, yep. They, were, they had the theme song that year for Major League Baseball, the I Just Want to Fly song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So they did this thing in the, uh, in the old Fulton County parking lot. And they had these giant tents set up, and it was super lush, you know, for all the VIPs and whatnot. And some genius decides to take extra pieces of the tent and stitch it in between the two tents to make a gutter system. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, of course, it rains. Cool. You know, it's pouring rain. Sugar Ray's up there. I just want to fly. Everybody's in their nicest dresses and all this stuff. And the thing just lets loose like 
2,000 gallons of water in this like, super posh affair. Like the, I swear to God, the shrimp started swimming again because it knocked the whole table over. You know, people on the dance floor all of a sudden slipping and falling. Me and uh, Jid O'Brien were doing that, and oh my God, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen it, anything as funny as since then. I mean, that, that should have been in Blazing Saddles, man. It were was you hilarious. with Jid and I when we did that that uh, uh, golf course thing with Maria Moldar? Was that, yeah, yeah. Was that you? Yeah. I know it was Jid. Yeah, I was we, we called that the shrimp gig yeah. because every day for dinner they would give us shrimp and all this nice and fancy food. <laughs> we were there like three days three or days, something. Uh, uh, oh, you can eat shrimp for three days? Uh, oh, well, I mean, okay, so our our rotation during the Olympics had no thought behind it whatsoever. It was just DL going, all right, so every day at 6 a.m., you're going to drop off band gear at Georgia Tech. Then you're going to come back to the shop. Then you're going to load up. Then you're going to go out to Chateau Lawn. <laughs> and then after you get done there, you're going to go pick up 850s from the stadium and bring them back to the shop and then do it all again tomorrow. <laughs> and then you go to do it all again tomorrow and somebody else would be there picking up the truck because he would tell like six different people to do it. So it wouldn't get forgotten. So it wouldn't get forgotten. Right. Yeah. So it was like his insurance policy to make sure someone was going to show up. You get book three people on the same gig. You guys will figure it out, you know, whatever. As long as it happens. Yeah. But yeah, none of us had single gig on the Olympics. We had to go do multiple things all right. the time. <laughs> I did the same thing. I mean, I, I had the luxury of driving all the way up to Alpharetta during the Olympics, and then a few times right in the green building that was right next to the park, you know, where the god-awful explosion went off. Right, yeah. Like, less than a block away, there was this empty green building, and I was working for a company. There were two, um, two big empty billboards, and we put, like, two cyber lights on the edge of each billboard, and there was video running. Well, it rained so much. Everything was breaking. We were constantly going down there, fixing it, replacing fixtures, which was a pain. Yeah. But it's all built on scaffolding. Yeah, there's no elevator. There's no lift. There's no nothing. We're yanking this stuff up, you know. But I got to go to Alpharetta for the most of it, so I stayed away from the city and all the, all the chaos. Yeah. And that was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. Yeah, that's how that gig was. That was like one of those right in the middle of it you got like a three-day stint of a really really nice gig and right. then and then you go back to the grind pulling cable at the stadium <laughs> oh that was horrible dude that was awful but you know it's just like everything in this business a relationship business almost more than anything and during that time period you got to meet tons of people that you still work with today today you know yeah like bill yeah exactly because i mean really that's at the end of the day I mean, yeah, you got to know your craft. There's no question about that. But that's just a matter of personal pride, in my opinion. Yeah. But really, really what it is is relationship business. It's all based oh, on the people. Everything in life is relationships, yeah. man. Yeah, especially, especially this. Especially yeah. this, because we're depending on each other to keep each other safe. Oh, yeah, I mean, right? it's all... Yeah. It, this business is the closest thing I've found to being in the military as far as the camaraderie, the sense of a mission, uh, those kind of things right. that you just don't really find in the outside world, uh, you know, that, that you're trained to think that way in the military, you know, mission, 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 right. and we kind of, you know, the show's going to start at 8 o'clock, doesn't matter what the heck goes on, the show's right. starting at 8 o'clock, right. you got to have your shit together and make it, you know. And make it, make it and, happen. Uh, and it's the same way in the military, so I think that helped me a lot, have have that attitude in this in this business. You know? I got you. Well, this has definitely been fun. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> dudes. So, Brian. Yeah, man. So I'm thinking, you know, Bill's like, 
our first guest. Yeah, absolutely. And he's definitely filled all the pauses, things like that, that you and I usually screw up. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> What's your schedule like for the next couple of years, Bill? How would you like to join the team and do this all the time? <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, I'm open. I'd, I'd love to do this all the time. That's good. You know, I'm, I'm on the road a little bit you know, right now, but I do. As I mentioned earlier, I spend a lot of time in hotel rooms by myself. Right. So, I mean, yeah, maybe we can do it that way, too, uh, along the way. And, and uh, But, you you know, you know the business Mondays and Tuesdays are always the, the best days off. You right, know? yeah. Um, so Mondays and Tuesdays always works for me, usually, unless I've got something in particular going or I'm out of town. But, yeah, I'd love to do this. Man. I, I, it's something I've wanted to do for years. Uh, I, I, I like the fact that we've all known each other so yeah. long that it's natural for us. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, because, I mean, honestly, this is take one with the yeah. three of us. And yeah. We haven't had a stop and say, uh-oh. Yeah, right. Start that yeah. over again. <laughs> over again. Uh, so it can only get better from here. So I mean, yeah. I'm totally down with that. Yeah. Well, cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so then we'll call it. A, B, B, and the complete truth. Absolutely. Because we're going to give you a complete truth every time. That's for sure. I'll definitely push that through legal. Okay. We'll be yeah, okay. Make sure, yeah. sure we'll be fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. so how about this? What you got going on this week, man? What's going to be your? Uh, this week. Actually, most of my week this week got canceled. Hmm. So I've got some technical computer issues that I've got to work out and do a few more things for the show and I think we've got a few more things that we're going to put up on our Facebook page sure um, and then hopefully we'll be able to get this one out sooner than later yeah I mean after after a year of planning this I think we've finally the roller coaster hit the top of the ride and now we're starting to go over the edge and it's going to be nothing but downhill from here there you go i mean right. what more would you expect yeah. what do you got going on this week though i'm building a sl320 up in kennesaw for an easter service for one of the companies here in town okay right i'm doing pre-pro all week well i'm just doing drawings after drawings after drawings so i got nowhere to go until monday which i go to south florida on monday for a week but I'm just knee-deep in drawings and pool sheets right now. Yeah, I was supposed to be down in Savannah for the music festival, but as we'll teach you in the future, scheduling sometimes really sucks. Yeah, <laughs> and I love Savannah. Savannah's like one of my favorite yeah. cities. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like me too. But I, I'll tell you what, driving there in six and a half hours when it should take you four, All right. and then driving home the next morning, and it took you another six to get home, <laughs> I'm not broken harder that I'm what not going back. What was that reason? It was like 16 was not right? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can we can go right back to the beginning of the show. You don't care about it, but traffic in this city and in this state right now sucks. It's horrible. It's, it's awful. Horrible. I can only imagine what it would be like to have to drive a SL yeah. on 16 where they've yeah, got those barricades on both sides of the road. It's barely big enough for a Honda Accord. Mm-hmm. And, and then they put a bunch of turns in it just to make it like a... Mario Kart. <laughs> like the video game. Yeah, let's make this more challenging. Right. Well, folks and friends, I'd like to call everybody friends. We hope you enjoyed this show. I certainly had a great time. Uh, yeah, man. I'm glad that Bill was our first. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Glad, yeah. glad you decided to join the team. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We got a new partner out of our awesome. very first uh, our very first guest speaker. It's fantastic. Now all we got to do is give him a list of administrative duties and we'll be good. <laughs> oh, I got that coming. I got, I'll give you half of mine. There you that's go. coming from HR. That's coming from HR. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm the HR rep. Right, right. Yeah. 
I'm also legal. <laughs> At least until we can hire anybody. Right. <laughs> I'll be the talent wrangler. There, there you, you go. go. There you go. I don't like having to do that, so that's perfect. There you go. <laughs> I'll give you all my ideas, though. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll continue my role as the little train that could, but just never does. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, folks. Well, we hope to have you back. We hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, if you got any complaints or anything like that, just keep them to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we don't, don't want to hear them. We don't want to hear them. Visit our Facebook page and our soon-to-be Twitter page, and we are not doing an Instagram page because we're Tell telling you our, our story. Tell them what our Facebook page is. Oh, it's like uh, facebook.com forward slash ABC Truth. That's how you get to our page. Or you just do a search on Facebook for AB and the Complete Truth, which I'll have to update because it's now ABB and the Complete Truth. Which I will also have to update the Twitter account to ABB and the Complete Truth. But so that's not really a big deal. Stand by, and we'll get it done, and... We'll start letting you ask questions live on Twitter that we will probably ignore and never answer. Tell all your friends. That sounds good. Awesome. And we are out. Nice. I was going to have you hit the tune, but... Oh, that's okay. So... Thank you for checking out the podcast. From Alan Bryan and our newest team member Bill, this is Dirty Diana for AB and the Complete Truth podcast. Until next time.